The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman, and I'm joined today with my favorite person, my fiance, Katie. How are you, I'm Jack's fiance. Uh, shockingly, no one else saw this movie and wanted to talk about it, so I have been drafted uh, to jump in here. I just, I just, for the record, have to say, it is highly likely that if I, we were not together, I would not have seen this movie as well. Is that maybe a fair <laughs> assumption? I think that paints the wrong picture. I like book-to-movie adaptations, and I feel like you've read the books, you have to commit, finish the trilogy out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not expecting it to be Shakespeare, but it can be entertaining. Okay, so one of my favorite things about this movie, like uh, the Fifty Shades series, is that Fifty Shades of Grey, you actually, I remember one of your biggest arguments that kept coming up was that you actually thought the director of Fifty Shades of Grey, whose name is escaping me at this exact oh, moment. Oh, Sam Taylor Johnson. Right. You she actually- elevated the material in the first movie. At the end of the first movie, she was in the elevator and she had to communicate in his language so he would know she said red instead of stop. She elevated the material. I maintain that. Okay. I, I do not maintain that. <laughs> so <laughs> would you? Well, you're I mean, the bar was pretty low. She slightly raised it. Okay. So like that, that's where I want to actually get us into context. Yeah. Where would you put the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie in, a, in like a zero to ten system? Like a four. So it's bad. I five mean, being a recommendation and then. Oh, I was thinking a one to ten scale. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's so it's like a four. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, as long as long as it is there, like it's, it's in a, for a lot of people, I know it's hyperbole to say that it's like a one. But this is an example. I mean, of, I'd probably watch it again at some point when I have nothing to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're going to be reviewing Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, We're going to go in real quick and do a quick summary. Uh, Believing they left behind the shadowy figures from from the past, billionaire Christian Grey and his new wife, Anastasia, fully embrace their inextricably connect their inextricable connection and shared life of luxury just as as the grays begin to step into their new role sinister events come to light and jeopardize the happy ending before it even begins uh jesus that's a bad summary (laughs) anyways uh i don't necessarily know that in like events like it's very hard like very little happens to actually like threaten them through this whole movie a few things happen it just wasn't paced well also i have questions so the movie starts when they're on their honeymoon and then uh, all before, of a sudden oh before we do that we, no, no no yeah we get, we're gonna jump into it in okay. two seconds but we start off by saying our scores okay. for this system four. so you think this movie is a four yeah okay this movie is a solid two for me that's fair yeah so we'll see who if, at the end if you change your you, mind Honestly, the movie got a full maybe whole point, point and a half bump because of the appearance of Swole Khan of Pretty Little Liars. That's, 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 I'm going to just come pop in. That's a bad reason to give a movie a point. Swole Khan has appeared on my screens again after he decapitated himself with his own axe. Watch Pretty Little Liars, everybody. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. How did, how did that happen? You didn't see the episode? They were in a blind school and he was attacking someone with an axe and it was a double-ended axe. (laughs) (laughs) 
killed. So he dropped it, and it, it because it was double ended, it stuck in the ground. It stuck up, and then he Emily punched him, and he fell over on his own axe and chopped his own head off. But now he's back as Sawyer. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That would be the bodyguard in the movie. Okay. So yeah, what did you think of Fifty Shades Freed? So I wasn't expecting anything. My bar was low when I went into it. It was moderately entertaining. I would watch it again. I'm just here for the drama. And I think it met me on that front. I, I think that for my part, the, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of like stuff and I like watch a lot of anime. I watch a lot of trash. I'm not upset by trash. I think that for me, like it's really weird to come to this and be like, this is the trashy form of a piece of a trash novel. And that's like kind of where it comes from with this. Cause like I consider twilight series to essentially be good trash. This and is twilight though. It is, but it's like it's twilight fan fiction. It's a trashier version of a yeah. trash novel. Putting all the sex stuff to the side. That's what got me into this movie. We're sitting and the opening scene is like this book publisher has suddenly developed tech skills sufficient to break into a tech company with like a clone, a phone that clones like digital codes and set a bomb. And I was like, this is the movie I am here for. <laughs> yeah, but I think the enjoyment of that is like you're definitely taking it from like a Geostorm level of like this movie is so bad I'm enjoying this yeah. thing. And But that's the thing is like I don't think that you still don't rate it highly. Like you don't recommend people go see it except for like the person the, like the random person that's going to be like, I really want to just watch something that's absolutely no, terrible. It's like Tom Cruise's The Mummy. I would, like, watch it again if it was on TV, but I'm not going to be like, yeah, go see it. Yeah, I would never recommend anyone put their eyeballs to that thing. Yeah. I would actually recommend this over that one. Really? Yeah. I probably would as well, actually. I probably I probably definitely would. At least this one's got, like, entertaining <laughs> action scenes. <laughs> I, I don't know that that's... So, that's the other thing, too. So, I think one of the things that I'm okay with the first... I, I Here's the thing. I'll say... I am okay with the concept of, of like just trash being made into movies and even like with the movies as a whole, like this is its own thing. I've never seen so many sex scenes in a movie except for something along the lines of, uh, I don't know, like what's that movie? Game you, of Thrones. No, 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 not even remotely. Uh, but like from a movie, it's like that, uh, it's like the, that concert movie, like nine concerts or something where like every scene is like sex and it's like all artistic. This is the non-artistic version of that. Where oh, I think that we, Lars Trier one? Lars Trier, I don't know, off the top of my head. Um, but anyways, I think the point here is that you have, like, maybe 13, 14 sex scenes in the course of the movie. I think that might be high-balling the number of sex scenes. Really, darling? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think there were, like, eight or nine. We're agreeing that it's approaching double digits. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's all that I care. It, I feel like a double-digit number of sex scenes in your movie may be approaching too many. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of the movie for some people. I guess the difference here that kind of bugs me about this is that like, it keeps treating what is essentially vanilla sex like it's something super dirty. It's probably the thing that really gets to me here a little bit. And it's actually like kind of conflating over the course of the series this man's like true mental health issues with oh, like yeah. bdsm He's and that's the thing it's like up. there are tons of plenty of nice people who do bdsm and it's not like real but like the shit about him braiding her hair and it being about his mother that's some fucked up ep like epicure that's some fucked up what is it uh dude it fucked his mother 
Oh, Oedipus. Oedipus. That's some fucked up Oedipus shit. Like, and the difference is that's not the same thing as, like, BDSM. <laughs> like, by a long shot. Yeah. And I, I think, think you and glossed I, over what was in the first movie, the part where he was statutorily raped by his mother's friend who taught him that BDSM is the only way to love. Right. And that's that's the difference is that there's plenty. This movie is like, and I think this movie is. We're not here for logic, Jack. I'm just saying, but it's a huge problem. We're here hoping that we get a little taste of full frontal male nudity. Which we didn't, which I also think is a terrible thing in this movie. But thank God they let Jamie Dornan grow facial hair again. If anyone has seen The Fall, he is more attractive as a serial killer than he is. Um, as Gray in this movie. I don't know how. He has way more chemistry with Gillian Anderson being like, I murder women. I'm going to come after you. Than him being like, baby, I just bought you a house. Yeah, I, I feel like he's more of a serial killer in this than he is in The Fall, ironically. I maintain that this is an elaborate prequel series. Who <laughs> 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 moved to Northern Ireland <laughs> and go deep undercover to murder women there. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I think I think that like it's hard to put this into a context that we both can like agree upon like like a methodology to score it and suggest it. Yeah. Because I think that the movie is highly dependent upon the person that you want to go see. Like some people I would absolutely go see. I, I obviously recommended it to the cast. I thought it would be a bloody hoot, but like no one can get into it at this point. Yeah, I think it's just you have to take it as it's gonna be funny. We're not expecting the world. It's just something to do. Well, but at the same time, like, is it a good thing to do? And that's my thing is that like while I find that the first Fifty Shades of Grey was pretty hilarious and like her falling out of elevators and like this. Oh I my feel god. Like, oh wait. <laughs> we got a flashback to that. Yeah. Let's we'll get there. We'll get there. I think I think the I think the problem is that like while there that that movie had a lot of a, a lot better production value and the cinematography was pretty good and there was a lot of good elements to it and there was also a lot less sex scenes to my mind and there was a build up to those sex scenes. I feel like that movie is a lot better constructed. It's trash, but it's it's a lot this better This movie was not well trash. constructed. It had a completely unrelated third act that was not built up to at all. This movie was not well constructed. It was just there to be ridiculous right. drama. My point is is that the first one is, and then oh. it, we're, we're on a trajectory See, downhill Sam into trash. Sam Taylor hill. Johnson elevated the material. I'm not going to say she didn't. I'm saying it's. I think also uh-huh. the first book is easy, is much more easily adapted. Because not to be offensive, babe, but like once they get into the second and third book, there's like no plot. It just goes all over the fucking no, place. No, there is plenty of plot. The problem is there's too much and it builds on itself. So no, I see but why. The, the plot suggests that things follow from other things. Like he does something and then there's a reaction to the thing that he does or she does. There is no reaction to the action. Like things just happen to them. And like she gets like they do a thing and then like, you know, the dude tries to like rape her. Like that's 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 like like just events happen and it's just really fucked up and it's like its own way. Uh and that and that would be my point is like in the first book, like she's dancing with like her desire for this guy and can't handle it. And there's like there's like an actual structure and plot. Whereas this is just like this is fan fiction about your fan fiction about your like Yeah, that's Twilight. the whole point. It's Twilight fan fiction. But also I think this gets into your whole like it can't be a good plot if stuff just happens to them. As long as it's entertaining, I'm fine. But it's not. But that's the thing is like I, the first one is both entertaining 
and like has a plot thing. I can't. I cannot fucking believe that you have got me arguing like that. Fifty Shades of Grey is some sort of like fucking higher standard of <laughs> exactly. movies because like like that's my thing is like this like my thing is Fifty Shades of Grey is the bare standard of trash. This is just incomprehensible trash, and is not enjoyable on that level. I forgot what you were saying. I got distracted. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> yeah, it, it holds your attention like this movie. I was thinking about Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. But, uh, but seriously. It's just like watching Twilight on crack. Mm. That's Like, if I'm in the mood to watch Twilight, I would throw on Fifty Shades of Grey. They're equatable. They're exactly the same. No, they're not. Way. Twilight has a lot better structure. Twilight as a conception, as everything is better. Like just like you can't just like think of it from a but, screenwriting standpoint. But how many stalkers are there in Twilight who get sexed out of a showdown where they're pointing a gun at somebody? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Okay. Okay. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Yes. How many literary publishers are there in Twilight who instantly <laughs> learn intense hacking skills? Zero. <laughs> I love you. That's the, there's a difference between pointing at something and like being able to point at something and laugh at it and still enjoy the plot. Like one is just better constructed than the other. Yeah. And I think you're even going to agree with me because I think if you scored them, like you gave them both a yeah. four. But you have to admit on some level that the first one is better. Like, even by your own premise that, like, oh, yeah. Sam Taylor Johnson elevated the material. Yeah, but you're forgetting about the extra points for Swole Con. I swear to fucking <laughs> Christ. So can we just assume you're giving it a three then? Okay, fair. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't feel like a victory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a four, but if you want me to subtract the extra points. Oh my god, I hate this. I I don't know why I don't bring you on the cast. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I'm arguing with, like, Ben, and it's like, oh, we're going back and forth. And it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, just, I'm just wrong. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think this was as a, as a, uh, a uh, Valentine's Day movie? Oh, I think marketing it as, like, a couple's movie is so dumb. Honestly, when we were there, the theater is just full of, like, college-age girls who were just old enough to get in past the R rating. I think we must have been the only couple there. Right. It's just awkward to watch it with the person you're dating. It's just, like, watching other people's nipples flying everywhere. Like, it's not enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah. It's like watching it with your parents. Yeah. What did you think of the sex scenes? Because my, my thing was, this is like the most vanilla of it all, to yeah. be honest. And that, and that's kind of what bothers me, too. It's and, and like, I don't know, like also like. I don't care about those. I just tune them out. I wait until they like I'm just waiting for them to end. I think they have no chemistry together. So anytime there's a sex scene, I find it just super awkward. And I'm waiting for it to get back to the crazy stuff like the kidnapping. And the fact that Anastasia Gray, this, like, dumbass who can't get off an elevator, is suddenly a race car driver who can (laughs) drive an escape car like she's in Mission Impossible. I guess, like, too, there's just, like, the the female character, like, Dakota Johnson, just, like, the way she, like, says things, like, in the film, just, like, oh, baby. Like, you can tell that she just, like, she, she understands that 
unbelievable See, harm has been done to her career. <laughs> I think this is a director thing because she was way better in the first movie. I don't think so. In the first so. movie, she I was I don't way think better. so. She, like, stood up to him more and talked back to him more and stuff. I disagree with that because I think the whole concept of this movie is that they've come to a place in Freed where they understand each other better. And the idea is that she doesn't have to as much. Well, I think this director was just like Dakota understand that you're not supposed to have a personality because the whole point is that people can project themselves onto your Mary Sue. Whereas in the first one, Sam Taylor Johnson was like, this material is like kind of misogynistic. So Dakota Johnson, you're going to need to not be such a doormat. Please and thank I, you. I, I really don't necessarily know that we need to be throwing stones at what is and is not like, Oh man. I'm just going to sip some tea over here. <laughs> Do you think it is inherently misogynistic? Yeah. The first one. All of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the books and stuff, he, like, sells her car without telling her. Like, what the fuck, man? What if she had something important in the car that she needed? <laughs> What's like? He's, I don't know. He's just so controlling. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you, but isn't that, like, part of the inherent fantasy that's happening? Like, you have, like, a a super rich boyfriend that controls stuff. I I think... He can just be super rich and let me do whatever the fuck I want. Okay. (laughs) That's the real fantasy. Let me live in your penthouse. I'm sorry, darling. You can go to work every day, and I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. Forecasting to your future, babe. Great. I'm not super rich. This (laughs) podcasting thing isn't really panning out. Um, I think, I think, I don't know, I guess like for me, like I, I have experienced a lot of people that have suggested that like, this is their fetish. Like there is a controlling fetish. No, that baby that's in, it's inherent to the BDSM thing. Like yeah. it's Dom and sub relationships. It's inherent to this story. That's like, they want him to be controlling. And that's like the whole thing for it. Like, like, and that's, that's why I wouldn't call it misogynistic. I would call it like, it's a BDSM fantasy tale. Like that's as things like once you're in the realm of what is and is not trashy fantasy, like for me, there shouldn't really be a limit on what is unokay f- fantasy or even like written fantasy um so for that purposes like i think it's fine like yeah it's bad that this is like yeah one of the I most read books in america the sex part, so like those are the parts you just get through to get to the rest of the movie. well I, I think they're boring for to be quite yeah. bloody honest like there's like oh like let's fuck a pint of ben and jerry's like <laughs> oh yeah i forgot that happened yeah. <laughs> see i just bust through them also okay so they're in like aspen in this resort with a bunch of family friends and then they go to the kitchen in the middle of the night and they're like let's have sex with ben and jerry's you're in a kitchen there's people there go to your bedroom you animals baby that's sorry <laughs> I, yeah okay <laughs> you know what's funny too like I, I was like yelled at before this cast that i was gonna bring up too much sexual shit <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Uh, I'm teasing, but I he think was, he was told not to be crass. He has not succeeded. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> I I, I want to just point out the impossibility of being of not being crass while talking about a film that's about BDSM. Fair. That's maybe fair. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what was your favorite part of the movie? Uh, my I know you loved it a lot. Yeah, I don't particularly have a favorite part of this movie. Maybe credits. Um, actually, I thought it was hilarious when they just like had like it's like la- it's like the last tw- like ten minutes of this three movie trilogy 
with like maybe six hours of screen time between the three of them and they're doing like major fucking reveals before the credits roll about like oh this guy was in the same home and this is here and here's my like we found his that and it's just like trying to wrap the series oh, like okay it's just shitty Wait, do you know what that way. reminds me of okay halfway through the movie so jack hyde is the villain he's the book publisher who has all the hacking skills he was also in an orphanage with uh, Christian Grey when they were kids. But halfway through the movie, they're in Aspen on vacation, and Christian Grey's bodyguard comes up and he's like, We have more research on Jack Hyde. This is the product of our like super intense deep background search. He went to Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Bitch, use Facebook. <laughs> it was like, Did you just look on his LinkedIn? <laughs> He worked at a smaller publishing house before going to this publishing house. How long did that take you to do? This dude's been missing for six weeks. <laughs> I just think it was entertaining. It made me laugh. Yeah, but I, I, I feel like the first one made me laugh in the same sort of way. So I guess the question here is like kind of a theory about See, like filmmaking. Okay, I think you're disagreeing with me. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen the first movie, but I think there were really pivotal and important scenes in the first movie that made the power balance between them more equal. Like the scene where they're sitting down to go through the contract together and she's like pushing back on him. In this movie, the pushing back was like he would tell her to do something and she would be like, Anna, no. <laughs> Anna, do what she wants. And then he would be like, baby, you're so cute. But also, I'm going to have to punish you. Like, it was just cursory. In the yeah, first movie, yeah. there was more of an actual delving into the power dynamic between them. I guess the difference here is that for me, like, he, he is a character is just so much fucking worse. Because, like, it's, it's kind of... For me, it's like, I understand the first movie as, like, cute fantasy stuff. There's some sick shit in this one. Like, for instance, like, when he, like, punishes her... Because, like, he knows he's going beyond the BDSM relationship to punish her with their sex life. That's that's real fucked up behavior. And not on top of oh. that, but also, like, the stuff with the baby and, like, the fact that he literally just, like, bails when Wait, there's a baby. The fact that he was super mad that she went to get a drink with her friend. And his solution to her being like, I never get to see my friends anymore, was like, okay, I will fly your one friend out to a resort so you can completely hang out with your friend as observed by me. No more going out to drinks. You go to work and then you come I disagree. Home. Well, that was because his her friend is dating his brother and he wanted to give them an opportunity for him to propose. Oh, my God. Also, another frustrating scene. Uh, why am I defending this movie? God damn it. <laughs> they were in a club, in the middle of a club, sitting in like the VIP area, and he gets bottle service. And she's like, champagne, are we celebrating? The brother takes this opportunity to propose in the middle of a nightclub. How did she even hear his proposal, first of all? Second, when he knelt down, was the floor sticky? Because you know it was sticky. It's a nightclub. I, 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 just, I really I really think that there's like different shit bothers you than me. <laughs> like, even you were like, oh my God, is he going to propose in a nightclub? Why would you do that? They're in Aspen. They went on a beautiful uh, hike uh, overlooking a beautiful vista. And he's like, no, no. I'm going to wait until we're in a dimly lit, concrete, pounding music room. <laughs> this isn't the right place. I, I guess for me, like, I'm more like along the lines of why do you why did he propose in front of other people at all? Like, that was just weird. I, I don't know. 
Yeah, that part didn't bother me. People but that's that. but that's but that's us. People do do that. People do that at like baseball games and shit. Like that's that's yeah. that's other people. I, I liked how I proposed to you. I love you. Okay, I'm not gonna talk about it on here. Sorry. <laughs> but also, like the whole movie, she's like, "I'm afraid he's cheating on me," and then he proposes. And then it is never referenced again that she thought he was cheating on her for like months. right. There's there's no comeuppance. There's no there's also no like dealing with the fact that he was like looking at like that like whatever that like architect. Oh, Ariel arch- Kebble, architecting ladies' boobs. Ariel Kebble making a welcome return. Also, all, there were so many lines in the movie about her assets and her boobs. Ariel Kibble does not have big boobs. I didn't get that. Yeah, that seemed like a reference from something else. That I seems think like they a reference. Were trying to hew too closely to the books. Right, like, and that's it's like, also where the shitty charm bracelet came from. When that, they're in Paris, and this man of a million dollars gives her a charm bracelet, bitch, you in Paris? She Buy had that, her some diamonds. She had that Cartier love bracelet though. That's yeah, like, that's like a ten thousand dollar bracelet. It's seven thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, yeah. Jack knows because there is a scene where she's like digging through his desk drawer and she finds a gun, and I'm like, that bitch has a Cartier love bracelet. <laughs> Yeah, you're at your shit at a look, love. I know. <laughs> They're just stupid expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think maybe that's the other thing, too, that, like, I understand about these films and I think was better in previous films was, like, watching – it's essentially, like, you know, kind of watching and fantasizing watching rich people be rich, essentially – and like you watch like all the things that they have and kind of like the I'm just going to fly off to Paris and there's like a there's kind of like a such like Jackie, a you know of, there's TV you can watch for that it's called Real Housewives of whichever no, city No I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to watch Real Housewives I don't know I I all I'm doing is trying to extract f- like blood from a stone here <laughs> like yeah. like there's got to be like I understand all the fantasies in play that make this a thing and I understand also all the fantasies cuz this this crushed opening weekend this crushed it this is number 1 in the world 50 shades freeze Leeds Weekend has franchise tops $1 billion worldwide. That's top story at Box Office Mojo right now. Like, this crushed it in February. I mean, it's not a big month for this sort of thing, but it is going to be, it's going to be the big movie of Valentine's Day till Black Panther eats everything next weekend, which is fair. But they, they, that's someone legitimately put this up against a mainline Marvel movie, or not mainline. Well, I don't know. They had to get it out for Valentine's Day. They've released it every year on Valentine's Day. Right, right. And I think that's smart, because people's fiancés and girlfriends make them go see... I just feel like if you're in this deep, if you've made it through movies one and two, you kind of just have to. I, I mean, but that's the thing. You have to realize, I never watched the, like, the movie three and four of, like, the Hunger Games series. Oh, I saw that, but that was also again out of obligation rather than actual. Desire. Right? Is it, the, I don't. I don't suffer that that thing. Like I did. I didn't like the second one. I wasn't gonna go watch the third one, but you were like, "Okay, let's go." No, I went to see them. What's Julianne Moore was good in it. That was like it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I hate when. Okay. This okay. Is, we're sidetracking, but I'm gonna say I hate when movies break the third book into two movies. Just because it's the third book does not mean there's enough content for two movies. Thank you, Fifty Shades of Grey, for only giving us one ridiculous movie. <laughs> it didn't. I don't think they had enough content to break into two, um, unless they that wanted, didn't stop anybody else. <laughs> unless they wanted, do not get me started on the Hobbit, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting heated. 
Hobbit is bad, but it's infinitely better. Any of them are infinitely better than this movie. Yes, yes. Don't start. They have plot structures that begin and end. They are better fucking movies. Fifty Shades of Grey did not feature anyone running in slow motion up a falling, the bricks from a falling building. It is a fantasy series. There is much more ridiculous shit in this movie. No. Yes. The most ridiculous <laughs> shit is the fact that Bilbo was literally hit on the head and slept through the entire Battle of Five Armies, and then it became an entire fucking movie. He was unconscious. Okay. Back to Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. I'm getting sidetracked. No shit. <laughs> All right. Nothing in it made me mad. I'll say that for it. Nothing uh, in it made me mad. There's a lot of things. A lot of things made me mad. I don't. I don't. I, I think if I could like. Like, if I could muster the effort to give a shit about this movie, I like, a lot of things would have made me mad. <laughs> like, that's one of the things. And that's the thing is, like, you know, this is a this is a true one in that, like, that has no beginning and ending. All the plot structures that it's not really a story in the strictest sense of what a story is. No, lots of different stuff happens. Right. And that's and that's really what I'm getting at here is that like, you know, if we're going to make a standard of stories, like we can enjoy things like a bad way, but like that might like the best things to enjoy might that in like the bad sort of way maybe ones and this is this th- there are things that no. happen in no. an uns- You're like arguing against yourself. No, I'm not. Because I gave it a 3. You it's not a 1. You have to admit that it's better than that. It was like inoffensive. Ones are reserved for movies that make you mad. Yeah, I didn't care. That, and that's yeah. probably that's probably like so it has I didn't to be care. At least a three. No, it's a two. It has to be at least a three. No, it's not. But you're forgetting about Swole Con. I love. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a asshole. Oh my god. Just because you're like PLL fan base. Oh my god. I forget. I, I have to admit, like, I feel like back in college when we did Tiger TV, you were like, I'm like this really great movie girl, and I like all this stuff, and I have really opinions about this, and you just, like, PLL has killed this. No, I have so many good opinions. <laughs> I'm not saying your opinions are bad. I'm not I have that. all the opinions. Oh my god. Huge opinions. <laughs> Bigly opinions. Oh my god, stop it. <laughs> Look, all right. So. Wait, so what was your least favorite part of the movie? Did you answer what your favorite part was? Uh, no, I don't think I have a least or favorite part of this movie. You can surely muster something. For least? Uh, I mean, definitely, like, him, like, going away and then, like, having, like, weird, shitty angst about, like, a baby. Oh, yeah, that was pretty And him, like, in this, like, supposedly, like, <clears throat> like, you know, intelligent, like, billionaire not being able to figure out, like, what her fucking reaction to that is going to be. Oh, yeah, also... Why do we just watch her work all day? Like, he's the one bringing in the money. Does he ever work? And why does she work every single day? Was there not a weekend? Was this the most intense week of her life ever? Every single day that we were shown, she was at work. Actually, every single day she went to work and then she, like, left to, like, go Only do one shit. time. Only that one time. Oh, my God. No. End. No, no, no. She was, like, never working. And then there's all these, like, they, they wanted to, like, suggest that she was actually good at her job. And so, like, oh, my God. Out- <laughs> yes. She was good at her job because she was like, let's give a book deal to someone who's famous on the internet. Built in fan base. Oh my god, duh, bitch. Like, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> like, you can also tell that it's like... How do you think E.L. James got this book? <laughs> <laughs> got this book series. I'm really just bad. saying. I guess, I guess in the grander scheme of this, where do you think this fits into, like, the YA genre? Oh, this is not YA. What is this? This is 
new adult. So this is new adult, but it, you can't be denied that like this is the beginning of new adult, and so like I would still consider it as the YA bridge to new adult. No. This is like hardcore erotica. This is not young adult. All right, all right, all right. Well, then it for me, for my for our edification, and I actually think this might be interesting for our listeners. What tell me a little bit about the history of this and Stephanie Meyer, and like the history of why Stephanie Meyer hasn't sued E.L. James? I don't know why she hasn't, and I think she should. Um, honestly, I think it's copyright infringement. But uh, the history of it: Twilight came out. E.L. James was a forty-something television producer. To get her jollies off, she wrote fan fiction of Twilight. Um, under the name, like, Ice Dragon Princess or something online. Um, and it got really popular. Um, and it, originally all the characters' names were still the Twilight names. And then when it got popular enough, she pulled it down and got a book deal. She control f everyone's names to change it from Bella to Anna, Christian... I forgot the one in Twilight. Uh, it's, uh... Jose instead of... Jacob. Jacob. Uh, Elliot instead of Emmett. Some she got more creative <laughs> than others. Um, but it all started as actual Twilight fan fiction. And she changed names. My theory on why Stephanie Meyer hasn't sued is that she's so conservative because she's a Mormon. She doesn't want to associate the sex stuff with herself at all. That that seems... that I, I don't think that's true. I, that's hard to like because I guess she would have to say that this is based on it but it's not it's pretty obvious at this point also is is she really that conservative like 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 yeah but like eventually she like wrote like vampire erotica like it's not it's not erotica like that's one of the things it, it is a way it fully faded to black after they were married she did not write <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, it is like a it's like a serious love story. I guess like for me, like there's no difference between Twilight and this in terms of like what's happening. I think there is significant differences. I think the significant differences is his own like weird sexual background and all this other stuff, and like him and like his abuse, and that's the thing. It's like I feel like Ella James dips into the well a little too far and makes everything fucked up. Yeah, she got a lot of flack when the books came out for not actually being an accurate portrayal of BDSM. It's not. BDSM people were like, you were giving us a bad name. And I think that's the other thing is, like, this really sad to me to, like, watch, like, this. Like, it's it's bad because, like, his BDSM is rooted in, like, sexual things that are really fucked up about him. Whereas BDSM people are, like, normal everyday people that are just having a good time. And my... Th- my thought process is like we saw a trailer for this movie with like Jane Fonda like and it's like they're like starting this book club about Fifty Shades and it's inspiring all these older ladies to have sex which is cool about this book I think because it's it's more like at the same time it's like a double-edged sword because it's it's sexually liberated in some ways a lot of people at the same time like it's sort of in this weird way demonizing something that is very vanilla because <laughs> they're like like they're like oh that's nasty like the lady at the airport which is just super stereotypical is like opening the book and like oh that's nasty and i'm like no it's not none of it's nasty fuck off <laughs> like <laughs> in her defense she may have been looking at the piss poor writing that's fair yeah, that's crazy. like that's like she's like she's like an editor supreme but she opens this she's like oh where's my red pen i gotta struggle this shit surprising no one it originated as fan fiction <sighs> i know 
Uh, do you think do you think that's the other thing too is that a lot of times we we know from a fact that sam taylor johnson and el james on the first set had a lot of issues between them uh when you know because el james wanted to to maintain a lot of control of the film do you think for the second two she contained that control yeah i think she had control i think that's why they weren't as nuanced and as interesting as the first one like the first one i feel like as I was saying, it had more of the emphasis on the power dynamic, and it was actually their relationship was interesting. In the other two movies, it's more just like, look at the crazy shit that's happening to these rich people. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's the thing, is that the craziness, as soon as they, like, as soon as, like, the, sto- the, the story of the first one is about their relationship, the, the sa- story in the second two is very much about crazy shit that just tests yeah. their relationship. With it's a good completely- soundtrack still, but... <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I feel like the first one still has a good soundtrack. And that they even use the goddamn songs yeah. from the first one in this fucking movie. Like, and that's the thing, is, like, that was, that, that, that was, like, song was on repeat forever on every radio station, which, because it was a good song. And then they're like they're repeating it here. This one doesn't have this like doesn't ha- it doesn't have a song that's going to dominate the airwaves forever. Was the second movie that was the Taylor Swift and Zayn one? I think so. I'm trying to think. Yeah, because I I, I I even think the second movie had better production values from this. Like they didn't give a fuck. They were for filmed this. back to back. <sighs> that's hard for me to fucking believe. I just they were filmed back to back in 2016. Yeah, I mean I don't doubt it because a lot of the same sets and stuff like that. But like, still, it's just super painful. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first movie did have the best soundtrack. Yeah. People were surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and give our scores. Oh, wait. Oh, one last it? thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about your thoughts on the flashback sequence? So at the very end, she's like looking <laughs> oh at her husband. Oh, my God, it's so bad. He's playing the piano, and she thinks back to her fondest memories of their relationship. Such highlights as falling out of an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yelling at each other at a bar. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to realize that she was probably like the coffee bitch for that company like like two and a half oh weeks prior. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. This bitch got promoted while she was on her honeymoon. She comes back and has this massive office. They redecorated it for her completely. And then they were like, also we promoted you while you were gone. What kind of job do you not have to show up to get promoted? Because sign me up. I know. I love you. It was really bad. All right. No wonder the person she worked with went rogue and turned on her because that was ridiculous. Yeah, it was one of those movies where it didn't want me to like, 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 like Jack Hyde's a rapist. He had a little bit of a point. I, 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 yeah, like she kind of like stole his job. I mean, he, he it was about sexual assault, which is actually it's weirdly topical now <laughs> like, yeah. than it was when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. I mean, but like still, it's yeah. She just graduated college. She is younger than me, and she has like a corner office in a book publishing firm working with authors. That is not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, we know. We uh, everyone is aware that it's not how it works. Oh Anyways, but I think I think. Oh wait, Jack, you really enjoyed the line when she was like, "Can we bump it up two points?" Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's like like this bitch is in a meeting there. and she just turns around and she looks at the lady. Can we get that font two points higher? And I'm just like, oh god. The work what's montage happening? like cuts in on the end of a meeting and everyone's like. This cover proof looks great, you guys. Thanks. And then her like boss input is, let's make the font bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just like, it's just. I, I wonder if they like were on set. Like, what can I say to sound like B 
businessy. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm super Two businessy. <laughs> and it's like trying to justify her like owning the position. And like every time they tried to do it, it was just so bad that I like, I couldn't like kind of like. Yeah. I couldn't like outrun like the like the implications. <laughs> she has an English major also, not a design major or Right, right. You would um, not you would, it doesn't matter. You wouldn't fucking design, design. the cover. You yeah. wouldn't have any input at all because you're not a designer. You're not a graphic designer. Yeah. Goddamn. Um but okay, so that's it. We're done. No, what's the final score? Oh, 4. You're you're actually serious? 3.5. I'll okay. knock it down. Too. Okay, 3.5. I'm going to give it a 2. Uh, which math? Uh, I didn't have my calculator because that was two point seven five. That's two point seven five, which will round down to right? a, a two point seven five. So we'll round that up to a three. A three. <laughs> the I Movie Gang Podcast gives <laughs> Fifty Shades Freed a three out of ten. I can't believe that fucking happened. Yep. Yep. Three. That sounds about right. This is aggressively the worst movie I've seen this year. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it is like the second month of 2018. All right. The last four years of my life. How about that? <laughs> this was not the worst movie I've what, seen. What What is the worst years. movie I've seen in the last four years? Uh, uh, tell me that. Tom Cruise's The Mummy. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah. Damn, man. The action scenes in this movie <laughs> were better. <laughs> Remember what here at the movie got the Dakota Johnson went all Jason Bourne. She like goes to a bank and withdraws five million dollars. <laughs> Cut there, like I love how that number is like just such a fucking Doctor Evil number. Like he's got like a like her finger up five million, oh. you say? And then the bank is like. This money is really heavy. <laughs> Are you going to be okay carrying this? Yeah, it's weird. Okay. I read online, apparently it would have weighed like 100 pounds. Because uh, the like the weight of a stack that makes up $1,000, they multiplied that. Um, and they said it would have weighed like 100 pounds. So sh- maybe she actually is pretty strong to be flinging that around. Yeah, but then she gets kicked in the stomach and is apparently hospitalized for three days. (laughs) She gets bitch slapped twice, like just slapped in the face, and then she's unconscious for three days. That made me mad. And she wakes up with a head bandage. He didn't even hit your head. He slapped your face. Please make it stop. Yeah. (laughs) From everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, thanks for listening.